how have you been? I have been fine. I'm very, very excited though because I've got a special train ride coming up. Toot toot! Well, quite exactly. We're my little company has arranged for us to go on a little tour around the Midlands through the beautiful Peak District and a very special coach that has like windows in the front and the back so you can see where you're going. Oh, that's helpful. You can see where you're going. I thought you meant it would be one of those like tiny little trains that you have like massive adults sitting on top of. <laughs> <laughs> what, like with a little steam engine at the front and then you all sit on these kind of like blocks or so with your legs dangling by the side and the track is elevated on little sort of like no where you have to put your feet on the side of it like a (laughs) 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 when i when i was a child and i used to think about my parents or older people in my family um, and had to imagine them as when they were children I couldn't really imagine them as having child faces. So I just used to imagine them with child bodies and their normal grown-up big heads on the child <laughs> bodies. <laughs> I'm very much like drawn. That. I'm drawn to adverts like that where people have either just their faces, their heads are cut out and they're floating around, things like that. I find them really funny. My, <laughs> um, my daughter went for a casting for an advert where they were going to put an adult mouth on her and she would be in a child seat in the back of the car and they actually made the advert um which was i mean i don't mind that that she didn't get that one because it was a bit weird the kid if you've seen this i think it's something like something to do with aa or something like that alcoholics Um, anonymous (laughs) yeah they heard about her mother If you imagine, like, a sort of toddler talking, you know, going... Ah, Stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but you're a bit like that. You said that babies like you because you look like them. Yeah, I think they do. All babies seem to warm to me. Do they? Babies <laughs> yeah. don't like me anymore. Don't they? Well, no, maybe they always want to go back to their mum when I hold them. <laughs> <laughs> I was I, I've, I've remembered why why it is when I was a child and I used to think of my family members as sort of like having big heads on small bodies it's because <laughs> I remember that I don't, do you ever remember the pools like when people used to play the pools to try and win lots mm. of money by guessing whether football matches would be drawn or, or not mm. and um and the, the little pamphlet that, that was the pools, it used to have these sort of just heads, sort of, you know, like printed heads on there saying, you know, sort of um, Mr. T of Runcorn won £5,000 or Mrs. J of Witness. What, what, I don't know why I'm picking Northwest towns particularly, but, you know, one Our American friends don't know. It's all in the same yeah. place to them, near Buckingham Palace. Yeah. You know, Mrs. R of Horsham or or whatever it was, you know, Mrs. A of, and and they'd have like their faces. And if they were, if they didn't, if they if if they hadn't ticked the box for no publicity, then they would have their faces and their actual name, like you know, John Smith of um, Oh my goodness, Plymouth. But then if they had ticked the box for no publicity, it would have a face with a black line across the eyes, which (laughs) made them look like some kind of criminal. Or sex offender. <gasps> I want some new artwork for us. We should do that. <laughs> what sex offender artwork? Yeah, well, we could have you like playing the role of sex offender and me playing role of victim with my eyes blanked out. <laughs> is that how? Is that how we want to market ourselves? Well, the other way round, maybe. Would well, you like to be the victim? Not entirely mad on the whole sex offender marketing concept <laughs> anyway, to be brutally honest. <laughs> I mean, we're in enough trouble as it is with you wanting us to interview a sex offender. <gasps> oh, cat out of bag. 
Move on. Let's not let's not talk about that now. Hang on, hang on. I just wanted to link it to the advertising campaign that had been used with one of the cases we're carrying <laughs> on. on with today. Madeline McCann by that was it a Leeds chippy? So, do you remember <laughs> we did that? That was only last week, I think. Last buy. Uh, was it only last week? No, last buy week. Yeah, I said, said that, last week, and then I went, yeah, bye. <laughs> but I, actually, no, that was bye. Boo. Oh, I was bye curious. <laughs> At least you're curious. Oh, sounds a bit rude. <laughs> the game for all the family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not just bored like you usually are. Oh, We're talking God. about that, aren't we? Ben Ando, a former BBC, ITV, and everywhere else fame. Yes, we are talking about that, Clem Fandango. <laughs> and I'm Victoria <laughs> Fandango. <laughs> now to be Fan- an advertising Fandango. <laughs> Vandango. That's yeah. a bit more Dutch. Clem Mitstango. <laughs> Dangalango. <laughs> <laughs> What's the Anglo of your Danglo? <laughs> oh, I don't feel very Anglo Danglo today because I'm all partied out. But oh, it's two parties good. today. Two parties. Two parties, and I'm on the rattler. Was one a tea party? Oh, I didn't have any. Oh, they kept on asking if I wanted tea. I Are you having a rattler? I love rattlers. No, it's rattler. What's rattler? Cornish rattler. Oh, I see. Yeah, no, I have had that. Oh. Actually, it's quite nice too. The, the, I'm trying to. The Terminator's trying to kill me. But now you've told me it stops him doing it. In fact, you should put it out podcast because then it'd be brilliant because you'd get your head bashed in, so you'd be dead. But I could go. I, I'd go viral. It would be with... brilliant. You'd get your head bashed in. No, no, no. You getting your head bashed in wouldn't be brilliant. But if Thank if you. You, if we talk about it in our podcast, you then do get your head bashed in. I would go viral with it sort of being predicted. I'd be I'd be made for life. So we don't need to interview Tim Westwood to get there, do we? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're really looking forward to talking to the big dog. Oh, God. <laughs> I, I think the thing... Why do I keep on laughing like that? Sorry. I don't... All I know about Tim Westwood is that he seems to have been some kind of nice suburban co- boy from a really reasonable, well-to-do area, but he tries to sound like he sort of grew up on the back seats of back streets of Kingston, Jamaica, and it just sort of sounds so phony. No, I, I mean, think his back seats, there's different activity going on on his back seat. <laughs> Well, indeed, or, is he, or even his backstreet. He's a bit of a backstreet boy. <laughs> Do you know he's really tall? I didn't know he was really tall. Mm. And of course, knowing him as I do, that's why <laughs> I suggested we talk to him, and he pooed all over it. Know him? You've had him? No, I'm not. I'm not black enough. <laughs> <laughs> even... Only your, only your heart. You're black on the inside. How easy it is to hate your po-host po- po- cod. <laughs> your, your, how easy it is to hate your podcast co-host. God, I think I hate say, you more. Try, yeah, I'm sure you do. Try saying podcast co-host really quickly. It's difficult. It ends up, it's, it ends up in codfather. Podcast co-host. It, Not codfather. It ends up in po-host codcast. The po-host codcast. You don't know that song. That's a children's programme. The where, Codfather. What's the real thing? And he um he does children's songs and he sings to children. Okay. I can't remember what the actual thing is. But it it's not a great anecdote, out. this one. Another. Not your best. <laughs> oh, dear. Like, it's a really funny thing, but I can't really remember it. But it's kind of like this thing that was also funny, but I also I can't remember. I am turning into my mother. Do you ever feel that you're turning into your parents? Um, I don't ever feel like I'm turning into my dad. I mean, because... You don't? Ever since, well, ever since I was a child, I was literally told, you know, from as long as I can remember that I was exactly like my dad. So I'm sort of... 
I, I think it's almost become a sort you of. Who told a, you that? Everybody. I mean, oh, people. Oh, really? I yeah, think you're he, like your dad from what I know. Oh. <laughs> That's exactly the point. So, I mean, we look physically very similar. You've got and, the same um, work ethic, too, I think. Your dad's a hard worker. Oh, well, not, not now. He's a playboy. He like you. Be, but now he just sits around and sort of just swans around between Italy and Germany and England. And I'm sort of like, well, you know, he, he, only, he only moans and says he gets bored. And I'm like, well, you don't need to get bored. You can go and do some good work in a charity shop or something. Go, don't the only excitement he's got is annoying you. Yeah, quite. he certainly is very good at that. <laughs> he does. He gets really like flaily about stuff and you have to bail him oh, out, don't you? Yeah. When he's, when he's not searching for any pussy on the internet. <laughs> Well, have, who doesn't do that on a Saturday I've, I've been having to um, go and do his buddy, because he travels quite a lot. I've been having to, through the last two years, been a nightmare. He's not really good on the internet. He's, he's got a, an iPad and he sort of jabs at it with his fingers and can't get, they won't sort of sense what he wants to do and he gets frustrated. I know that old person jabbing. Yeah. And so I have to go around and sort of sort out all his COVID paperwork and his passports and everything. And it's utterly tedious, especially I'm not the one getting to do the travelling. You I'm don't have to. Can't one of his girlfriends do it? Yeah, you'd think so, well, wouldn't you? I suppose you? he can't get one girlfriend to do it for the other girlfriend. Well, that's actually awkward, isn't it? If he's if he's talking to his sort of girlfriend in England and saying, I want to go visit Germany, see my girlfriend there, they're hardly likely to be sort of like desperately keen to help him sort out all his COVID passport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your dad's very funny, though, from what you told me. He's quite funny. He's yeah. funny for me to hear about, but it's very annoying helping old people. I don't think so. he's always trying to be funny, though. <laughs> I think he's inadvertently funny. Your impressions of him um, and your impressions of Chinese people are the two impressions I know you to do. <laughs> I only do... can do Chinese impressions. So I do a lot of dealings with people in China. And so I've sort of picked up on their mannerisms. Do you have good relationships with your Chinese friends? Oh, they're great. They're fantastic. I have a huge amount of respect for Chinese people. They're really, really good at sort of understanding things. Given, and given that we communicate in English, which is obviously not their first language, um, I'm really, no, I'm really impressed with what they do. I've They're got really to good. say, I don't know much about that part of the world. I've not been. I want to go. I, I mean, we, me and my business partner would have gone to China, but we haven't because of the whole pandemic situation. And China's still got this no-COVID policy, which is, I think, causing them ongoing difficulties. But that's another story. Is it a no-co zone? It is a no-covo zone oh. <laughs> zone what have we got today oh gosh we've got a a packed program of nothing no we've got loads of don't you love that when you know that the radio presenter's going oh we've got so much for you what is it scrambling at papers what is it again (laughs) who am i what are we doing well what we have actually got is genuine updates on stories that we have been following for a long time they're very genuine there's some. There, there do seem to be some developments in the um, Madeleine McCann case, which everybody wants to talk about. And I know we talked about some of these before, but there have been a few more developments that might or might not be developments that we'll talk about. Um, mm. There's there's more. There's a lot more going on in the Amber Turd case, and it's hilarious because, I mean, and we we will come on to this, but she does seem to have the worst legal team and the worst PR team ever assembled in one place by a celebrity. But the best misery face, as I'm sure we've all seen. Yeah, the resting Those grimaces, it's awful, isn't it? Amber's resting whinge face. Uh, yeah, looks like wind face, more like. Looks like she's <laughs> churning <laughs> one out. Looks like she's bursting for a shit. <laughs> exactly. She's, she either wants to cry or she's bursting for a shit. Although I wouldn't mind 
beer, pulling my bursting for a shit face in public for all the money she's made out of this. Go on, then do it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's not worth any money at all. Oh, I think I just did one. Oh, God. <laughs> you burst the shit by mistake. I don't burst something else, Ben. I think I think if you want to look, it's not so much about squinting like that, because that looks like you're actually having the shit. I think bursting for shit, holding it, is more like eyes bulging like this. Yeah, no, you get stroppy. Oh, yeah. You've done it on the podcast, and very kindly to you, I cut it out. <laughs> Whatever it is. What is it when... When you get hangry is when you when you get you're hungry and angry. So when you need to go for a poo and are angry, you're poongry. I get very, I get, I get very shit green. Shit festy, shit get... face. The ice cream van will be here in a minute. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a for our old time listeners. <laughs> and hello to all of you. It's been a long, long preamble ramble. <laughs> you haven't even said who you are yet, have you? No, I said who you were. That's yeah, my I know, new one. Which is why I don't need to bother, but you do. These days, I am a behind-the-scenes organizer, really. Victoria Mitzi, broadcaster, podcaster, bit and mum, mum. I'm a milf. Oh god. Soon to be a middle-aged. What's that stand for? Middle-aged. I'd what, like a to... milf. What, what are you saying? What does milf stand for? You know what it stands. No, I'm for. trying to change what milf stands for to middle-aged sofa dweller, <laughs> like me. Middle-aged sofa dweller. That's a mm. mazd. That's what I am. I love my sofa. <laughs> I've already got into watching telly. <laughs> Is that exciting, everyone? I watch a lot of telly. No, oh, I don't. God. I hardly watch any. That's why I'm so excited when I do it. But reading papers. Oh God. Now I've got the mirror in front of me. And Hooray. it has linked to Maddie found in suspect's camper. That's the big story, isn't it? Yeah. So, so what's and happened? And here's really? for a bonus point, Ben. Who told mm-hmm. us that Madeline's parents didn't like her being called Maddie? Uh, was it Mark Williams Thomas? Oh, we had to mention him at least once in the episode. That's correct. We 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 talked last time about this guy Christian Bruckner, who is who is in prison in Germany. Um, being formally made an Arguido, which is like a formal suspect by the Portuguese prosecutors. Um, and Kate and Jerry McCann have now put out a statement themselves. And of course, let's not forget that in the early stages of the inquiry back in 2007, they themselves had been identified as suspects and been given this Arguido status, which I think is part of the reason why many people for a long, long time were very against the McCanns and probably felt they were somehow involved in their dis- in the disappearance of, uh, of their daughter. But what they're saying on the official um, Find Madeline campaign Facebook page is, we welcome the news that the Portuguese authorities have declared a German man in Arguido in relation to the disappearance of our beloved daughter Madeline. They didn't say Maddie notice. This reflects progress in the investigation being conducted by the Portuguese, German and British authorities. It is important to note that the Arguido has not yet been charged with any specific crime relating to Madeline's disappearance. Even though the possibility may be slim, we have not given up hope that Madeline is still alive and we will be reunited with her. Well, I can totally understand, of course, they would have to, they would want to cling to some kind of hope, but let's not forget that as far as the German police investigation is concerned this is a murder inquiry they are sure uh, that madeline um, mccann has been killed and so the guy who, um 
Christian Bruckner is reported to be the man who's been made Mark Guido, where the Germans haven't officially named him. Uh, he is in prison in Germany for drug offences, and also he served seven years for raping a 72-year-old woman. Now, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence it's hardly against hardly a pedo. Him. Yeah. There's a, well, there's a lot of circumstantial against <laughs> Anything evidence. will do. There's a lot of circumstantial evidence against him. Cell site recognition of his mobile phone has shown that he was in the area where Madeline disappeared on the Algarve within the 30-minute window of her vanishing. Um, he was also known to have burgled holiday homes in the area, and he had children's clothes in his camper van. Now, where this led to was a splash in some of the tabloid papers, I think you've got one there, saying that uh, fibres from Madeleine McCann's pyjamas had been found in the camper van. And that caused a lot of excitement. People saying, right, finally, uh, you know, forget all the circumstantial evidence. This is the hard forensic evidence that you really need to secure a conviction, especially after all this time. However, what we've since learned is that the, uh, the German lead investigator appeared on Portuguese television. And he was very clear that they have got evidence against Christian Bruckner, but none of it is forensic. Now, clearly fibres from a child's clothing would be forensic evidence. So if he is saying they don't have forensic evidence, that suggests that this was um, a bit of misreporting or perhaps a misunderstanding of this earlier comment that children's clothes were found in the van. What I found weird about this is, and, and actually it's some, some interaction I've had. Um, so thank you for this because I, I like this interaction. It follows with what, where I was going in my thought processes. With this. Say for example, I've got in front of me, I just you Google Madeleine McCann and this is a mail article from today. And the next thing is where the missing girl was killed after being abducted and sold to child trafficking gang. And I'm still, I'm like three quarters of the way through the article and there's no evidence for this. And that's exactly what the feedback was from our episode, our last episode. That, how can you tell until there's evidence? I mean, yes, he's a suspect, but I think the what we said either during that episode or the one before was how can you reach any conclusion at all? There's no update. Absolutely right. Completely right. Yes. And I think this is the triumph of hope over reality in that a lot of people obviously and completely understandably want there to be some kind of resolution. They want to know what happened to Madeleine McCann and they want to know that whoever did do whatever happened to Madeleine McCann will be found out and punished. So when you have what is obviously a strong suspect like Christian Bruckner suddenly come into the frame, what? 15 years after the after the she disappeared you're suddenly right oh god this would be fantastic let's hope it's let's hope let's hope but at the same time you have to be realistic and think well the courts don't see things that way the courts require clear evidence the courts require um you know tangible proof and people are innocent until they are proved guilty so i think we all need to sort of hold fire a little bit and not get too optimistic that we are about to have a serious breakthrough in this case having said that this mm. is already a serious breakthrough actually um what i mean is more that we're going to about to have charges and a conviction right so as to whether that actually amounts to anything is the point but um her parents uh jerry and kate do seem to be quite happy about you know they were at a memorial service saying that they were pleased about the developments on the case and i don't think they'd be saying that unless they genuinely were that's one thing we know about them they, I'm they sure they're pleased. I mean, I mean, from from their point of view, they're pleased because it shows that there is still work behind the scenes, and you know that we know about 
going on to solve this crime. No one has kind of put a file away in a, a, a drawer and closed the drawer and sort of assumed that that's, that's going to be that. So there is clearly work still being done in this case, which is something I'm sure they would welcome. And secondly, you know, this is the best lead that's, that we've had for what 10 15 years i mean i can't think of a stronger lead on this on this case than what we've got here and i think despite the fact the evidence is only circumstantial as we've just talked about i think most people think if if this case is going to be solved this is perhaps the the beginning of it being solved what i don't understand is that it seems to go against what mark williams thomas said he thought had happened he thought she'd been snatched or is it just an addition to that that she's been snatched for trafficking? Well, I he think didn't the case is that, that she was. Well, I mean, I think the case is that she was snatched by Bruckner, and Bruckner has get rid of the body, and it just hasn't been found. I mean, you know, Portugal's a big place. It, you know, you can, you know, if he had a camper van, he snatched her and drove. You know, in in four or five hours, he could drive. You know, one hundred and fifty, two hundred miles. He could drive across the border into Spain and into the centre of Spain. It's very, very quiet, very deserted. Who knows what happened? We don't know. This is mindless speculation. But the point is, it shouldn't necessarily be a surprise that a body hasn't been found if she was snatched by Christian Bruckner. And if he's done that sort of thing before and in horrible inverted commas, knows what he's doing when it comes to snatching a child. But what I kind of meant with that was that the intent, the article has the thrust of, I think they call it kidnap to order or something by child abduction. And actually Colin Sutton, friend of the podcast, is quoted in this Daily Mail article as five years ago, having said he suggested it was a kidnap to order and that was the most likely credible scenario for her disappearance. What I'm trying to say is that Williams Thomas, that she'd just been snatched. And the implications that she's been snatched to order is quite different. Yes, it is. And I mean, in a weird way, from uh, Kate and Jerry's point of view, is it better to think she was snatched to order? Because you snatch someone to order, you don't kill them. You snatch them because you want to keep them alive to, you know, be to your benefit in some way. Oh, God. It's awful. It's awful. Oh, yeah, it is awful. Yeah, completely. But is she, you know, if, if if your primary hope is that Madeleine McCann is still alive, then maybe that's the the, the, the least horrible scenario. I mean, there, there are no good outcomes here, but this is the least awful one. If your primary hope is that, well, if you believe that Madeleine McCann is dead, then your primary hope becomes finding the perpetrator, punishing, well, um, convicting the perpetrator, and having some kind of an answer as to what happened in my, in that case your scenario is that let's hope it's christian bruckner and let's hope evidence emerges that can clearly point to him being the, the culprit and he then decides to tell everybody what exactly what happened well let's still hope that there is some hope at times i feel like it's completely hopeless and then at other times like recently i felt a little bit that there's a glimmer of hope yeah, and if, if and if we feel like that, imagine how they must feel. Mm, well, I've been watching The Missing on Netflix, which is of course very true to life. So now I know all about abduction. Oh, Have you seen that? No. Blooming heck! I've been on the edge of my seat for the last couple of weeks because I watch in like five minute installments till I fall asleep. 
<laughs> well, and then because you're on the edge of the seat, of the seat, do you slip off it to the ground? I'm like one of those kitten things on YouTube that my daughter insists on watching because she's obsessed with animals, and they fall. They they love showing YouTube things of animals falling asleep and falling off, and then going. <gasps> Have you shown um, your daughter a picture of our cat, Cockface? I may have done, but uh, guess what, Ben? There's uh, there's news. It's uh, in a true crime podcast, but it's just news news. I think I might get a cat. Oh, wow. Awesome. Have it you, have you come and got... play with your cat. Our cat hisses at everybody. <laughs> Does it? Um, when, when, my, when my business uh, partner came to um, help me the other day, it hissed, <laughs> it hissed at him. In fact, the only people it doesn't really hiss at are me and my daughter. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, what sort of cat are you going to get? Uh, it depends on what. We're going to get an adopted cat. Uh-huh. So um, it's from a rescue, but it might be a kitten. I'm going for a kitten. They say that if you have a small child, then perhaps it's better to get a slightly older one. I, I'm the one who feels really sorry for all of them. And if one of them's got something wrong with them, I'm like, oh, I've got to take that one and help it. I, th- I th- the, the the thing is with my understanding is that rescue cats if they're a bit traumatized they just need to be sort of left to settle in without being sort of poked and prodded and picked up and cuddled and all the rest of it and whereas most adults can manage that the average sort of five-year-old might not be able to manage that quite as well mm, I think they're also she was the cat lady who's coming over to assess my house as uh, or probably me to see whether the cattle end up in a stroganoff <laughs> or something like that. A moganoff. <laughs> um, is, uh, yeah, is that I think she'll tell us really what we deserve. Yeah. Because she said that they might, like, kittens kind of run. The thing is with kids and kittens is that the ki- the kittens are kind of like the kids, but a bit more extreme. And she mm. was like, imagine a ball of energy like that with kind of fur and teeth. And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, and claws. That's the one. Um, and apparently they climb the curtains. I'm a little bit worried about my lovely carpets and curtains. Does yours scratch <laughs> away at the sofa? Worried, worried about the cat scratching the curtains. <laughs> What well, the beef curtains? <laughs> now I've got something else to worry about. <laughs> Does your cat claw your sofa? Sorry? Does our cat what? Does your shit stick to your fur? Oh, does it does it claw the sofa? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, yeah, but I got oh. like this kind of um kind of carpeted mat thing that sort of drapes over the side of the sofa. We've now trained her to just claw at that. And she's got a scratching post which she likes. Okay, so does she does the scratching post stop her from clawing the sofa? I don't want my lovely sofa clawed. Um I think you might have to accept there's gonna be some clawing, but just hope it isn't too bad. Mm. Also if they're kittens, they've got quite weak claws. They're not gonna do lots of damage. Okay. Even on my beef curtains. <laughs> I don't know. It depends how snaggable your beef curtains are. <laughs> Sounds a bit rude. And they've got lots of, sort of loose threads hanging around. Uh, no, I don't feature in your dad's Google if they're, if, they're, if they're afraid around the edges now. Well, after I've only had one baby. <laughs> <laughs> Not too bad, thank you very much. Right, moving on. Please, I think we should. (laughs) 
who knows? Some people may be interested in that kind of thing. Oh, we're not at Craig David yet. That's in just a moment. Um, <laughs> it's Amber Before Turd. that, it's Turdy and Johnny. I'm liking him more and more as I see that face of hers. <laughs> Do you see my Amber face. impression? A resting moan face. You didn't see my impression. Oh, hang on. Hold on. Do it again. Oh, yeah, that's my, that's me and my dad. Absolutely right. <laughs> no, I'm Amber Turd. <laughs> I was hooked. Uh, the reason I was a bit late for this call is that uh, I was hooked at watching those videos he told me to watch. Yeah, I know. Oh, I think I'd remember if I'd seen Johnny Depp's penis. <laughs> and he's, she was claiming he had a pee outside the house or something in the doorway. And he was just like... I don't know. I think I think she'd be more credible if she was less awful. Do you think? Yeah, I I think she would. I mean, it's very difficult to believe what she says because yeah. his case is that she is somebody who um, has kind of like you know various psychological Ill- illnesses and transfers stuff onto other people, um, and you can see this. I mean, one of the classics is. Uh, she she started dressing like her lawyer, or she dresses like other people in the court, which is very very strange. And yet, when you when you sort of see it, you can't unsee it. Um, she's she's fired her PR team because she wasn't getting what she thought was favourable coverage, which is hardly surprising. And her lawyers have just, I mean, they're just I don't know if they're incompetent or it's just they've got so little genuinely good material to work with they're just desperate actually actually stop there listen to this okay i just want to play this you didn't know what could cause damage to mr depp's hand while you were there on march 8th correct dr kipper told me he sustained an injury on Uh, one of his fingers uh, rejection hearsay you you asked the question okay okay he said he sustained an injury to his finger yes but you don't know what caused the injury to his finger. one of his fingers so what you heard there was an american lawyer asking a question and then as the witness was giving an answer he objected it's like he objected to his own question and i mean it's just nonsense that you would also, do also there's another one where he he confuses the defense and the prosecution evidence as well yeah fabulous it's all going fantastically so, amazingly well isn't yeah it? and then and then there's lots of and the thing is i mean one of the classic things that any any sort of like you know first year barrister will tell you is that if you are in court you never ask a question that you don't already know the answer to and a lot of the times the the lawyers have been saying and you were doing such and such and so and so is that correct and the witness thinks about it and goes no, that's not correct. Yeah, there's like, a lot of yeses and noes. And, and, and what that suggests is that all the stuff that Amber Heard has told them, which is presumably what they're going from in their notes, is a load of bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I think know. the whole thing can be summarised by that expression. <laughs> the whole thing is a load of bollocks. Yeah, but <laughs> an expensive load of bollocks. That's why we like gawping at it so much. Actually, actually, I, I want to play in a few more clips. I'd like to play, um, I think we should listen to uh, just the variety of kind of over dramatization of events and extremes yeah. and but, sniggering. Yeah. But this is showbiz. Isn't it? Everything in their lives is a drama. It's like he, when he said, that he thought, or she, in her testimony, when she said that he's, he was claiming that she'd hidden his cocaine and he, he demanded that he carry out a cavity search on her. And this is what she claims happened. 
um, he was telling me, we're going to do a cavity search, like just shoved his fingers inside me. I just, I just stood there staring at this light. I just stood there while he did that. I was like, seriously? What, somebody's I didn't so, see that bit. Somebody's so sure that they took, that he took her drugs. He carried her he made a, he did his own sort of like impromptu cavity test do you know what i do think what's become apparent listening to his friends and his sister their world was bonkers and it was aside from other people it was one of those relationships that kind of gets a little bit too extreme so it becomes just them doing this constant battle thing so i think he would have fared better if he would have been sort of normalized by the people around him but i think he spent all the time with her because a lot of them didn't really the, the evidence i saw they didn't really see a lot of it directly so i think it was behind closed doors quite a lot which people do in relationships you don't you know you don't tend to even them don't tend to argue in public so it became it escalated because they their personalities were like that with each other and i think yeah. she got quite spoiled i think he was trying to appease her but i think he's quite a spoiled person as well you know he's yeah. used to being the celebrity uh, yeah i mean I, I think that this is this is not in any sense to excuse bad behaviour, but if you are in that sort of rarefied world where literally everybody around you is constantly telling you know blowing smoke up your ass and telling you how wonderful you are, I am not surprised if you start to become a little detached from the reality that the rest of us who have mortgages and bills to pay and you know, stub our toes on the furniture and do all the sorts of nonsense, usual boring things that nonsense, usual boring people do. If you are removed from that reality and you're sort of um, whisked around the world to do various things where all you have to basically do is turn up and be you and put on a dress and put on a, you know, put on a dress, pretend to be, put on, put on, put on <laughs> is that what out, you have to do, Ben? Put on an outfit and pretend to be somebody else. And that pays you millions and millions of dollars. I'm not, that necessarily that surprise that you become slightly um a bit of a stranger to sort of the mundane reality can i just say if your biggest example of like the worst aspects of life is stubbing your toe i think there's an aspect of depism <laughs> in your life don't you <laughs> a bit of comfortable <laughs> green beltism going on around ando okay. towers well yeah, yeah. I, I i stubbing your toe i mean most people know that's a pretty unpleasant thing to do for a few seconds and then you just laugh about it no i mean but yeah, you're not I, exactly I, yeah. in the ghetto, are you? No, I'm not exactly in the ghetto. It's not true. like me. <laughs> you're what, in the ghetto in Plymouth? In a, I'm in the pirate ghetto. Are you a Plymouth ghetto? <laughs> Get up and ho. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm not in the ghetto, and I have a pretty good, a pretty nice, pleasant life. I've got my little company that I run, and I enjoy doing it, and I sort of like just potter around in my own tiny little bubble. Um, I think there you know, are pressures. That makes me incredibly relatable, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> but there are pressures with, not with your life, but with, with being a, an actor and being a famous person as well. And you can't just use your physique, Ben, to distract me. How much, how much do you think? Mm -hmm. Okay, imagine you had 100 people mm -hmm. and you said to all of them, you can having, be incredibly good looking, you can have millions and millions of dollars, and you have to be a, do a job as an actor and you have to cope with fame. How many, if you said you can do that, I click my fingers, you do it now, or you can stay as you are in your shit, boring life. 
how many of that hundred people mm. just taken at random mm. would say, oh no, I don't want the millions. I don't want to be good looking. I don't want mm. to be an actor. I just, I don't want to have five houses around the world and, and holidaying on yachts. I just want to stay in my, you know, shitty council house in fucking Doncaster or wherever. I mean, how many people are going to turn down that famous life? There's all this business about, in, oh, the pressures of fame are terrible. I think it's a load of bollocks. In rural Devon, a lot of people here in, in the village where I live. Yeah. I've lived here, they were born here, they've lived here their whole lives and they don't want to leave. Well, that surprises me. If you say so, fair enough. Can I just say that um, I found an article saying the richest and poorest places in Europe and I went from one of the richest to one of the poorest in my recent move. (laughs) Is is that your story arc? From, from riches to, to rags. No, it to, yeah, it was to back up the fact that I'm in It's the a riches to rags story, isn't it? No, can you believe that Cornwall is like first or second on the list of the poorest places in Europe? I can believe that. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are a variety. I mean, you know, not to get it too far into it, but there are all <gasps> yes, sorts of... Yes, Green Van! <laughs> <laughs> What's They're yours, back. Ben? He's back. Oh, I've got to go and get my... Get us a Mr. Whippy. I've got to go and get my fab ice lolly. <laughs> I've got them in the freezer. No one wants them. Why not? Doesn't your daughter I even want know. them? I No. Denied. Like, I keep on trying to palm them off on people, but all we've... Have you discovered billionaire oh, magazine? Billionaire magazine. God, that sounds so sick. You need, you need about three quid to buy one of them, so you have to be a billionaire <laughs> to be able to afford a supply of them. <laughs> oh, my so goodness. It's got caramel... Johnny Depp levels of income to afford them. You do. I might go for the offer of being an actress now. (laughs) Just so you can afford your billionaire magnum. How awful would that? I can't imagine a worse job than doing that. Oh, today you're Florence Nightingale. Oh, fucking hell. I thought you did do some acting, didn't you? I did. And I actually like um, acting and and creating things. Presumably, like, every Mm. wannabe actor ever, you were in the bill at some point. What were you, third prostitute from left in the bill? No, I did adverts. What adverts were you in? I was... I was in a Galaxy commercial. I was in a Marks and Spencers commercial. Okay. Um, and what, what yeah. did you do in the Galaxy commercial? I ate chocolate. Like, <laughs> Did you have to eat it in a sort of suggestive way? No, but I was trying to. They were like, can you stop doing that? Boring! <laughs> 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 what else? Loads of, loads of stuff. But yeah, all of that, I don't have it. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? No, I don't know. You haven't got a, a collection of sort of like tatty old VHSs somewhere. No, it's with the same with my days. daughter's modelling because I, I put her into stuff and put her into a couple of things, but they're online Oh, God, don't put your daughter on the stage. <laughs> Living through her, Victoria yeah. Vicarious. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. Where are um, we I think, now? Well, I think we're moving on. We've, we've, we've slagged off Amber Heard's worst legal team ever. And I think it's time now for you. I just want to make glory. a bit of... I want to, to play in a little montage of okay, uh, ridiculous stuff from the trial. She threw the large bottle and it made contact and shattered. Which finger was, was cut, Mr. Depp? Um, it's the, the middle... It's the funny looking one. <laughs> All these bones up here were crushed, and it looked like a it looked like Vesuvius. Mm-hmm. A Rolling Stone article entitled "The Trouble with Johnny Depp: Multi-million-dollar lawsuits, a haze of booze and hash, a marriage gone very wrong, and a lifestyle he can't afford." Inside the trials of Johnny Depp, did I read that right? You did. You should read the article. It's and the wonderful. last one. The last one. June 22nd, 2018, the Daily Mail, vodka for breakfast, 72-hour drug binges, 
and spending sprees that beggar belief. Alison Boshoff reveals why Hollywood's reeling over what's being called Johnny Depp's career suicide note. Did I read that correctly? You did. Who's Alison Boshoff and how does she know? Crikey, O'Reilly. It's quite, it's quite interesting to look at their lives. I Johnny love Depp her face. I love her face. Johnny Depp won the London one, didn't he? Oh, uh, no. No, he didn't. He lost because he said that they said he was a wife beater and he, he, it was at MGM, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wrong! Yes, you are correct. I was, I am wrong. He lost. Get out. Can I just say that's very correspondent of you? What you do is very much live in the moment with your stories. So you can yeah. sort of gather very quickly and like spit it all out, but you have no integrity. <laughs> yeah, that's right. In, it was in November 2020, the judge handed down a ruling finding that the newspaper's article was substantially true and Johnny Depp lost. But yeah, he and he's back. Yeah, and he's back. Oh, dear. Right, OK, more of that sometime. Uh, and now we'd like to hear about Craig David. Craig David! Craig David! Oh, I've never seen a picture of Craig David before you told me about this. And he's... I don't know. He's, he's he's slightly odd looking to me. People picked up on the headline that um, the, his stalker was smiling at court. Okay, Ben, you haven't yes. mentioned my nose this podcast. Check <laughs> this nose out. Check this out. Check this out. Because you always say that my nose goes towards downwards, right? Check I this do say one that, out. <laughs> Am I a bit unfair on that? Have oh you had God. a look? Oh, my goodness. Wow. I'd actually is... rather have that than a piggy nose. Do you want to see my piggy nose? You ready? I think, what, I think what's most unfortunate is that while her nose goes down towards her mouth, her teeth go up towards her nose. <laughs> One woman be- who believes she's the girlfriend of singer Craig David <laughs> grinned as she arrived at court to challenge an order saying she can never see the singer again. According to the Mirror, obsessed Tanya Jeel smiled as she climbed the stairs with a single crutch to Bromley Magistrates Court in South East London to appeal against the stalking protection order imposed on her. The 31-year-old, who hasn't been convicted of stalking, but has an interim prevention order banning her from seeing David. David! Oh, he's got a radio presenter name! Craig David! <laughs> um, for a year, donned a cream cardigan, navy chino trousers paired with socks and sandals. Your style, Ben. <laughs> and she, what do you call it? What that look? Oh, socks and sliders, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> and she, she's Socrates number two. As she walked in with a crutch in her left hand. During Jill's earlier appearance at Highbury Corner Magistrates Court in January, it was heard that she became obsessed and infatuated with the singer and had been stalking him since 2016, claiming she was his girlfriend. Can I tell you a story about Craig David? Craig David. <laughs> Craig David's got to be a guest. <laughs> Would he okay. be a guest on Wednesday? <laughs> <laughs> Should I ask him like that? I bet he's completely fed up with that. Um, yeah. I he's going to broadcast our podder on a Tuesday. <laughs> I used to teach a Pilates class at the Chelsea Club, where um, which is kind of a little side club to Chelsea Football Club. And Craig David 
used to work out there. I don't know if he still does, probably if he lives there. And um, and there was a glass wall where I was teaching and then all of a sudden, me and like a few girls were sitting there doing some exercise and we look up and Craig David's on the like curly machine, like the weight curly machine just outside. And I was like, don't look now everyone. But And then I started doing this kind of parody of the um, we could be here on Friday. <laughs> like, <song>. We're all <laughs> giggling. But he was quite handsome then. I, I, he looks a bit strange now. Yeah. So does she. I think Craig David has gone off. He's gone off. <laughs> oh, he just looks like a sort of older gentleman. How old is he now, does it say? So she... He's um, quite muscly. At... Oh, there's a lovely photo of her at court in her the combo that you've just described with her socks and sandals. She actually looks like an okay person. I quite like her crazy look. (laughs) (laughs) Takes one to no one. But Uh, he's really in a relationship with me, of course. Of course. Well, someone written underneath. She's a right looker, someone's written. (laughs) Must be the oil of ugly she uses daily. The court heard that Jill, Jill, no, Jill, allegedly posted a note under the door which read, I hope Buddha deals with lies like you. Buddha will take you from here. You're an asshole from Tanya, your motherfucking girlfriend. Oh dear. <laughs> and she sent a Snapchat photo of herself along with the message, I know you love me. <laughs> Not dissimilar to my dating technique, can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I want to find out how old Craig David is because she's 31. Craig David age. Craig David takes the stage in Cardiff in sparkly black tracksuit. <laughs> he's got your dress sense, Ben. <laughs> oh, he's admitted after he's struggled to open up to women since his first teenage breakup. Oh, poor hmm. And at 40, I think you'd be able to afford some therapy. I like his music, do you? I love all that creedy stuff. What do you like? His music. Do you? Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I can take it or leave it. I must admit. If it comes on, I won't turn the radio off. But if I'm doing a Spotify search, Craig David wouldn't be anywhere on my playlist. I don't think Tana Jill would turn the radio off either. Mm. What do you think of this? This story? Mm. I, I just, I feel a bit sorry for this woman, really. She's just obviously a poor, sad, lonely, deluded person, isn't she? Yeah, I'll join the queue. Well, of poor, sad, lonely, deluded women. Is she behind you in that queue? (laughs) Probably. Me and my socks and sandals and my pointy down nose too. (laughs) Not not, not forgetting your navy chinos. (laughs) I remember my sister used to say when, um, when I'd be like, oh, I've got a new boyfriend, she'd be like, this a fantasy relationship <laughs> <laughs> me and Tanya I'm on her side <laughs> what? so she, you think she actually is Craig David's girlfriend and he's just in denial <laughs> I think he is I think he could do worse seeing as he's clearly got some things he has to deal with hey can Maybe. I just say we've had some publicity oh go on tell me about the publicity we've had uh, we were in that. We were in some magazine. It actually got printed, 
some okay. it was a, it was a, a graduate uh, a, a a journalism magazine which I can't remember the name of but I want to I want to read out what they wrote go go for it hold on features me photograph features me. you features me okay good I'm glad it features you it should do you're on the podcast uh, 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 we've got about a thousand photographs of children on here I've got Christian I've just picked up Christian Bruckner's phone I also have a screenshot of Dutch style chocolate windmills from Lidl (laughs) (laughs) anyway it just says um, it's talking about me and it talks about my um, zoom background and I'm in this kind of journalism thing and then I got really depressed because I turned the page and they had a where are they now of the alumni of city journalism I think it is course and um, and it was like a great big glossy mag thing and uh, and they're all sort of in their 20s everyone in journalism so young now wow and where are you now (laughs) fish and chips oh fish and chips I'm fish and chip paper is that what you are? Yesterday's fish and chips. Yeah. I think you're being very un- very unkind on yourself. Oh, yes, we've got a hit podcast. Yay. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, well, I think that's it then. Do you? I think it is. Hooray. Thanks, as ever, for listening. Do you and... need to tell anybody our various email addresses? Oh, I haven't done. I've been really slack. I'm, I'm all partied out that's why uh you didn't let me finish podcast at gmail.com ydlmf podcast is our twitter and thank you for follows and we always appreciate your write-ups um if you go to our um podcast and leave a little review we'd be much obliged thank you that it's kind of the least you can do for thank you for a review even Um... if it's a lot of poo (laughs) it's not though like quite esteemed people keep telling me how good it is and then i think well, why the fuck are we not earning anything <laughs> or are you earning stuff and just not telling me is me? that what's happening yeah. well, I mean, I'm, I'm earning stuff from my business but i'm not earning no, anything with with us. no how would i be earning how would i earn stuff in our poddo and not tell you are you exploiting my talent it would be impossible i mean because anything that would pay on this poddo would it would would be something like would need some kind of publicity or adverts or something? And I think, given that you put it together, you would know about that. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Go on. Why oh, no. DLMF podcast? <laughs> I nearly forgot because everyone else has clearly forgot. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't oh. that have like some kind of a an expiry date? Oh, well, thank you. Point. The same. Actually, some people have bought. This is weird because, weirdly enough, it goes straight into the Terminator's account. Oh dear. Yeah. That's, ah. yeah. So well, I think you slipped up there, didn't you? Oh yes. This has been really nice. Some people have bought us coffees. Uh, sorry, and, me. And you haven't seen any of them. But I'm so <laughs> out of it on this rattler cider that I don't get just rolling around in the gutter but thank you for all listens and any reviews it's all appreciated and uh, we, we always love you to get back to us even if it won't take you two seconds please talk to us otherwise it's just me and Ben was it the same in your daughter's days when they would like march up they're obsessed with party bags and they oh, go God, up yeah. to the party host and go where's my party bag well, no, ours never did that. They were much too well behaved. But goodness me, 
the party bag thing was a real thing. I, I remember packing countless party bags every year with bits of crap and tat and stuff and then, you know, cake. It's coming up to my time to shine. Is it? Mm. I've got a magician. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Oh, God. Are you, coming Bongo, now? Is it? <laughs> Are you coming now? <laughs> if, if Ali Bongo's there, then yes. Given that Ali Bongo died about 15 years ago. <laughs> Did he? That would be a miracle. Well, hopefully he's got curly shoes on. <laughs> as long, yeah, as long as the magi- magician has curly shoes, I'd be happy. Have a good week. But have and a good two too. weeks and uh, email us, not you, Ben. See you, you didn't next let me finish. <laughs> See you. Love you. Bye. Um, Bye. Bi-weekly. Uh, you didn't let me finish. Podcast at gmail.com. Yay. All right. Bye. Bye.